You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln audio podcast. If you had found yourself probably in late uh, August, early September, and you were in Hobby Lobby especially, or if you were in Costco even, or Lowe's, you would have seen signs that Christmas was on the way, right? Especially if you were in Hobby Lobby. It was full-on Christmas, probably way back in July. Um, uh, but it was just a teaser. It, it was just, it was a teaser, uh, just a sign that, that it's coming. But now the Christmas, I mean, the Thanksgiving holiday is gone and Christmas time is officially here. Let me see show of hands. How many people already have all your Christmas decorations up? Raise your hand if you do. Yeah, kind of, I think everybody just about. Uh, hands down. Let me ask, how many of you had them up before Thanksgiving. Raise your hand if you had them up before Thanksgiving. Most of you. Uh, let me just go. Anybody have them up all the way early November? Anybody put them up that early? Any, just a little bit of them? Anything? I, I was planning on giving a prize, but you're kind of, you're all, all, all tied. Well, with the, with the Christmas season comes a new series. So throughout the month of December, we will direct our attention uh, towards a series that's called uh, Living in the Miracle of Christmas. And as I was prepping for the series and for today's message, out of curiosity, I, I did a little research and I actually Googled, uh, just went in and typed in in the search bar, Christmas Miracle. And guess what came up? Hallmark Movies. <laughs> Hallmark movies came up. Any um, Hallmark movie junkies in the room that you're willing to confess that? Uh, a, a few. My hand is not up. Uh, I confess, don't hate me, but I am not a Hallmark movie fan. Um, and, and I think here's why. I kind of figured out the template. Right? I mean, let's face it. It's just different people, different cities, same story. Am I Am I right? So, so here's, a, here's, a, here's a scenario of a typical Hallmark movie. Um, uh, driven city executive girl is, for some reason, called back to her small hometown where she grew up. And while she's there, she encounters an old boyfriend and they are like oil and water. They did not end that relationship well. But over time, they keep bumping into each other and the sparks begin to rekindle. Am I right? And then he makes her mad or she discovers something about him, some secret, and it causes her to flee back to the city, right? And then she's back in the city. She realizes, I just can't live without him. She goes back to small town. They uh, meet up and they live happily ever after. Am I right? That, that's the typical hallmark. You can, just, you can count on it uh, every single time. Let me give you a kind of a scenario of two different um, hallmark movies that I discovered. The first one is called A Christmas Miracle. And in this story, Emma, who was looking for the perfect story for the lifestyle magazine that she works uh, for, uh, and she's an assistant, she clashes and maybe falls in love with her colleague, Marcus. Probably some of you have seen this movie. Uh, as would be no surprise to begin with, if you're a faithful Hallmark movie watcher, you know that at first they're like oil and water, but that all changes over time. And before you know it, 
she has, Emma has found her Christmas miracle in Marcus and they fall in love. Isn't that sweet? And so predictable. Uh, here's the second one. It's called Once Upon a Christmas Miracle. And this one's actually based on a true story. And it tells the romantic story of Heather and Chris. Before the holidays, Heather discovers that she is in need of a life-saving liver transplant. I'm not making this up. Chris, a stranger, volunteers half of his liver. I'm sorry. Much to her, it's true, but much to her surprise. And uh, they begin to share a close bond and it causes them to wonder, is this the beginning of a beautiful love story? Sweet, isn't it? And predictable. I'm, I'm not making it up. Uh, I'm telling you all this for a reason. Trust me on this. Here's something that I found interesting about both of these stories. Both movies tell the story of something seemingly uh, impossible, at least in the hearts and the minds of the characters. Uh, one is fiction. One's based on a true story. Um, uh, both stake a claim to, listen, a Christmas miracle. Something happens in the Christmas season, thus you have a Christmas miracle. Um, listen, for all the Hallmark movie lovers in the room, again, don't hate me. I'm not on an anti-Hallmark movie campaign, but there is something that I want to illustrate. In this season, over the next few days, over the next few weeks, you may very well experience something in this Christmas season and that's something you will stop and you will say, that thing that happened, that was my Christmas miracle. It happened in the Christmas season. And listen, I hope you do. I hope you find those kinds of blessings in this Christmas season. And not downplaying those blessings, the point I want to make and where I want to direct our thoughts to is that there is a significant difference in a Christmas miracle and constantly living in the miracle of Christmas. Would you agree? There is a difference in a Christmas miracle, something unbelievable that happens in the holidays, and constantly living in the miracle of Christmas. Uh, the gospel writer John gives us a very clear picture of the Christmas miracle. I want to read it to you. I'm going to read it to you out of the message version. It's in John chapter 1 verse 14. And it says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. The miracle of Christmas, listen, the miracle of Christmas is the incarnation of Jesus Christ. That's where all of our focus is. That's where everything about Christmas needs to be. Uh, it's, uh, the miracle of Christmas is that Jesus did move into our neighborhood, so to speak. The miracle of Christmas is that Jesus came and lived among us. The miracle of Christmas is that Jesus came to be like us, yet without sin. The miracle of Christmas is that he came for us. And the miracle of Christmas is that he lives and he works within us. And there's great wonder in that miracle. I mean, think about it. There's great wonder in the miracle of Christmas. That the Son of God, that God himself left heaven and came to live uh, among us. Uh, it's it's wonder-filled 
In one sense, because it happened 2,000 years ago, but yet it's not a one and done miracle. It's not over. The miracle is still happening today. It's happening for anyone who's open to the miracle. It's happening for anyone who is willing to receive the miracle. It's happening for anyone who is seeking the miracle. It's a past miracle that has effect today in the here and now. It's a miracle that's still happening. This, this miracle of Christmas is a miracle that we all know so well. In fact, we know the Christmas miracle so well. We've heard the story so many times that it's important that we guard against not becoming immune to the truth and the life and the hope that's actually found within this miracle. This morning, rather than having you turn to a passage in Luke where we find, uh, Luke chapter 1, where we find the, the Christmas story, I want you to watch and I want you to listen as this story is told in a very unique way. Today, we will read from Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazarene, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Joseph's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month, but no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Isn't that the cutest telling of the Christmas story you've ever seen or heard? Now appearing as the angel Gabriel is Pastor Aaron's son Hudson. Maybe up for an Academy Award in that appearance, right? Uh, let, let's take a minute and let's just kind of look into the story. Uh, the Christmas miracle, the story of Christmas, takes place in a small village of about 450 people located about 75 miles from Jerusalem. Uh, the village is, is, is the village of Nazareth, and God sends his angel Gabriel to that village to make an announcement that will literally change the course of history. It's not a public announcement. It's not an announcement where Gabriel says, everybody in Nazareth, come out, gather around. There's something I want to tell you. Instead, it's a very private, a very private announcement. It's made to one person. It's made to, to Mary. 
Um, and and apart from knowing that it was made to Mary, there's not, in this story, there's only a couple of other things that we really know about Mary. We're told that she was a virgin and that's very important to the miracle of Christmas. That's the miracle in itself. And we're told that she was engaged to a man by the name of Joseph, uh, who was a descendant of King David. This young girl, Mary, she suddenly finds herself face to face with the angel Gabriel. And this had to cause some level of alarm. She's in the same room with an angel. Have you ever been in the room with an angel? Maybe so because the Bible says we entertain angels unaware, right? But she's in the room with Gabriel. We don't really know what he looks like other than that the prophet Daniel in the Old Testament says that he had the appearance of a man. But if he had the appearance of a man, it must be some kind of man. There had to be something about his appearance that would be different and would cause some level of fright in Mary. And if she's not disturbed by his appearance, we know that she's troubled by the way he greets her. Mary, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And the angel can tell that she's trying to process what she's just heard. And so he gives her comfort. He says, Mary, don't. Don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. But there's more. He continues on. Mary, here's the announcement that I've come to, to give you today. You are going to conceive a child. You are going to give birth to the Son of God. And you're going to call his name Jesus. I love how Mary responds. It's such a practical, it's such a logical question. It's like she says, uh, could I just ask you a question? Just, just, how, is, just how is this going to happen? Because um, I've, I've never been with a man. So how, how is this going to take place? And the angel Gabriel says, Mary, it's all taken care of. Here's what's going to happen. God, by his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to place the Son of God directly in your womb. And then Mary has this wonderful response to the miraculous news. She said, yes, Lord, may your word to me be fulfilled. I am your servant. Now, the obvious miracle of Christmas is that the Son of God came from heaven to earth so that you and I could be reconciled to God. However, within this miracle, we can't deny the miracle of how he came. God, by his Spirit, placed his Son directly in the womb of a young virgin woman. That's the miracle path. That's the miracle past of Christmas. But, but listen, I want you to consider this. This is the miracle present that God today, now, by his Holy Spirit, places his son in our hearts. For Mary, the miracle was that the Son of God was placed in her womb so that Jesus could, could come and live among us. And because of that, now today, by the Holy Spirit, the Son of God is placed in our hearts. And because this is true, the miracle of Christmas flows in and through us by a continual work of the Holy Spirit that reaches far beyond any particular season of the year. 
as you and I make ourselves available to the work of the Holy Spirit and as we love the world the same way that Jesus loves the world, what we come to realize is that the manifestation of the Christmas miracle really isn't limited to a month of the year. But instead, it's, it's constant. Instead, uh, the miracle of Christmas, the miracle of reconciliation, the miracle of forgiveness, the miracle of hope, the miracle of healing, the miracle of divine supernatural occurrences uh, flowing out of us into others, to others, becomes a normal, constant way of life. It's constant. It's normal. It's what God planned. It's how he wants to work through us. God wants his miracle power to flow through every single one of us. And I think that sometimes we have a hard time believing that. I think in our own hearts and in our own minds, we can disqualify ourselves. Oh, I'm, I'm not a good candidate because of my past. Or I don't talk so good. I'm not good with people. I don't know the Bible so well. I don't pray so well. And we can come up with a million reasons why the miraculous would not flow through us. That God would not want his miracle power to flow through us. And if that is your thought process, if you doubt that God would allow his miracle power to flow through you, then I would ask, why wouldn't he? Why, would, why wouldn't he? Because... It's not because you're good enough. He, he loved us while we were still sinners, right? We didn't have to get good enough. He, he, he gave his son so that we could be reconciled to him. And he wants us to, to, to be salt and light in the world so that the Holy Spirit can work through us and people's lives are changed. It's true. Mary was privileged. But so are each one of us. Psalm 139, we read that he was there in the womb uh, while we were being formed, knitting us together, uh, calendaring out our days. He, he is intimately involved with our lives. He knows every detail of our lives. God has loved you. God has chosen you. God has called you. God has favored you. God knows you. And God wants his miracle working power to flow through you to the world around you. The Mary miracle was never intended uh, only to be for Mary. Uh, just as the Savior that she gave birth to was for each of us to receive personally, so is the type of miracle that, that she received. And that Mary miracle, again, it was that a young virgin girl became pregnant and gave birth to the Son of God. The Holy Spirit supernaturally planted within Mary what was naturally impossible. Think about that. The Holy Spirit supernaturally planted in Mary what was naturally impossible. And Mary gave birth to a miracle. The greatest miracle of all times. Listen. The Holy Spirit supernaturally plants within us those things that are naturally impossible. Because of the incarnation of Jesus Christ and because of the work of the Holy Spirit, miracle power can flow through.
through us. And I know oftentimes when we think of miracles, we think of the big things. I think miracles happen every day in big and in small ways. So I want to ask you this question. What miracle might God want to work in and through you during this Christmas season and in the coming year? I think that the coming year is a year filled with opportunities for miracles when you just think about the situation of the world right now. Yet at the same time, we are salt and light. We have this, this I love in Ephesians, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives and dwells in us. Jesus said that we would do greater things. Think about that. We have great opportunity, and I believe without a doubt that this room is filled with candidates, candidates for God's miraculous work. Let me just say this. You, you don't have to be a superstar to be a candidate for God's miraculous work. Mary's proof of that. God didn't choose a female from the royal line. Instead, he chose an unknown girl to give birth to the Savior of the world. Mary was an ordinary girl. And throughout the Bible, we find story after story, truth after truth, that tells us that God used ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary, supernatural things. Mary was an ordinary girl. God still chooses ordinary people today. After the angel left, Mary began to sing a song of praise. We find it later in Luke chapter 1. And in verse 48, she sang, For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Mary was chosen because of her humility. And her humility is seen in her response. In verse 38, she said, I am your servant. I'm, I'm your servant. God chooses humble people to let the miraculous flow through. Humility opens our lives to the grace and the favor of God. Humility keeps us dependent on God. Humility uh, reminds us to, uh, to give God glory rather than to seek our own glory. Mary, her encounter with the angel Gabriel was a life-altering encounter. Uh, she had a choice to make. I, honestly, I think Mary could have said no. Uh, she had the choice to accept or reject. She, she could respond available or unavailable, and she chose to be available. She chose to be available. She said, may it be to me as you have said. God was able to work the miracle of Christmas through her because of her availability. God uses available people. Listen, not one person in this room is a candidate for the miraculous flow of God's work because of any ability that you have. You may have great ability. You may be the most intelligent person around, but that's not why God chooses you. God chooses you because you're ordinary, because you're humble, and he chooses you because you're available. He, 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 chooses, he chooses people who are available. It's, a, it's all about availability. So living in the miracle of Christmas, uh, it, it won't be a random act. It won't happen coincidentally, but it'll come through people like Mary and people like us people who are ordinary, people who are humble, and people who are available. So let me ask you again, in this Christmas season, and in 
to the coming year, what miracle might God want to flow through you? Are you available? Are you willing? Are you open? It's not about your ability, remember. It's just about saying, yes, yes. And when we can say yes, then God begins to lead us by His Holy Spirit into situations where supernatural things, things that seemed impossible through the supernatural become possible by the Holy Spirit working in us. Would you bow your heads? Would you just consider for a moment what might God want to work in and through you? What miraculous work might He want to work in the Christmas season and in the days to come, the year to come? Father, um, it's so easy for us to discount ourselves. It's so easy for us to come up with reasons why you wouldn't want to use us. I pray today that we would remember who we are in Jesus Christ. That you have saved us, you have redeemed us, you have set us apart, you've called us, you've chosen us, you've prepared us, you've equipped us. to really make a difference in a dark world. God, I know that every one of us are going to come into encounters where there are people who are facing seemingly impossible situations. And I know that you want to work through us to bring your hope and your peace and your healing into those situations. And it can only happen as we yield ourselves to the work of your Spirit. So I ask, I ask that that happen in us. We present ourselves to you. Work your miracle power in and through us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I ask this every week and I'm going to ask it again. Is there anybody here today and you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior? If so, today is your day. If so, would you just lift up your hand and let your eye catch my eye? I just want to pray with you if that's the case. Father, thank you that this is a group of people who know you as Savior. And I pray that as we go out of this place today, that and as we encounter the, those who don't know you, I pray that we would be the gospel and we would use words if necessary. I pray that we be salt and light. And I pray that we could love the world, love people the way you love people. So we present ourselves to you and we ask once again that you send people to us who don't know you so that we can tell them the story of Jesus Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.